0: Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers
1: on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that like of no business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's gun. This is exactly my point. Take it all easy, right. take it easy. Simple my baby, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was... Just when I thought I was out, they pull me
0: back in. I'm here to give your a show what it's missing. You guys
1: are crazy. You ready? ready? Ready. Set. Set. One, two, three, go! All right, welcome. Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016. Week 12 of the NFL coming up here. Thanksgiving week. Turkey week, ready uh, ready to go here. Now I'm uh, first podcast I've done from the the great state of Minnesota. Not out of town for work this week for a nice change, but I'm actually uh, heading to Vegas here Thanksgiving morning. Hang out uh, with the family, get a little get a Thanksgiving turkey football in. Let's uh, check in with Rob out there in Vegas and see how it's going. How you doing there, Rob?
0: I'm doing all right. Got some games on here, uh, trying to cash a few tickets here. Some NBA, college basketball. So we'll uh, get those going while we're doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, how's the, how's the pup? Are you holding up all right?
0: Yeah, he is. He's uh, definitely pretty pretty unique, which I guess is kind of a good thing. Take him for a walk, things like that. He doesn't really like to move much. So I pretty much carry him around when we're walking, which is pretty abnormal for a dog, but. Uh, I don't know. I'll see if it's just kind of young age type of thing and a little timid or if that's just how he is. But, you know, whatever. He's he's a lot of positives about him, too. So.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, they say that dogs should take after their owners, so that's not all that surprising. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, look over last week and see how we did here. A little uh, weekend recap.
0: The weekend recap.
1: So as a whole, how did uh, week 11 treat you?
0: Not very good at all. Uh I one play I had up all week there is at Jacksonville. Uh not not Jacksonville, I don't know why I said that. Tampa Bay plus seven and a half. Um that close I got that at eight myself, got it at seven and a half and it closed at somewhere in the seven ballpark, I think with even, you know, decent juice on there. So it's obviously got ahead of that line pretty good and they ended up winning outright. So that was a Pretty easy and against Kansas City there, and then the other three plays I released later later in the week or early in the morning there on Sunday, and it, uh, none of them really worked out. That Pittsburgh over, I kind of just went against the steam there. It opened at about 49, and it got steamed all the way down to, I got a 43.5 in my pocket, and just didn't work out. That's all right. I mean, I don't really mind the bet. It's just uh, the weather, obviously, but I think it kind of got over-adjusted too much a little bit there, and Cincinnati, same type of thing, and Pretty much the same thing with that Miami thing, uh, Miami over in the L.A., but none of them really worked out, but don't really mind the concepts, and I got some good closing numbers even that Pittsburgh got bought all the way back up to 45, 45 and a half, so I got a pretty good number there, but whatever, that's uh, trying to beat the closing number is my main goal, and I did that for the most part, so hopefully it'll uh, turn into positive results here going forward.
1: Yeah, I had a pretty solid week for the most part. I... I got my pick of the week home there again. I think that's, I don't know, what, three, four weeks in a row, something like that. And, uh,. Big deal or anything, but. Yeah. And then I went 2 and 1 on my official releases. Uh, a couple of them, the Washington and the Minnesota over, were pretty much never in doubters. And then I was with you on Cincinnati there. It was just banging your head against the wall trying to get that offense to do anything. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is, whatever. You can't complain when you got a winning week. And, uh,. Just uh, move on here and hopefully keep her going, uh, or in your case, get her turned around here in week 12.
0: Yeah, and I did put a late release there a couple hours before kickoff Monday night on that prime time with that Houston-Oakland game I had the over. I kind of was spotting that all week, and it kind of was getting bet down a little bit, so I got a pretty good number there again, and uh released at 45.5, and, and I got it myself at 45, and I closed at pretty much 46, it's not a huge deal, but... So I felt decent about that, and it, you know barely snuck over there, but I, I liked the side of that for the most part there, so I ended up working out.
1: Yeah, the whole Mexico City dynamic was kind of interesting. That's why I liked Houston a decent amount, but I ended up staying away just because I wasn't really sure what to make of that whole Mexico City deal. I know I was listening to one uh, Malinsky there on the pregame pod. He was saying that in Mexico City, the – the smog or the air gets so nasty towards the end of the week that you can literally chew the air, which has to be somewhat of an exaggeration because that just sounds disgusting. But he was saying in the, uh, on Monday night it wouldn't be as bad because uh, on Sunday a lot of the Mexican people don't don't work or drive their cars a whole lot, so there's a little brief reprieve from the smog. So I wasn't sure what to make of that. But then you can find out the fact it was 2,000 feet higher than Denver above sea level. I thought that was opening it up to you know potential a uh, lot of long field goals and whatnot to increase the scoring a little bit, but I got there one way or another, so that was that was good to see.
0: Yeah, I think it's funny after the interview there with Carr, he said something like, "Oh yeah, I love this city, and I come here in the off season." It's like I don't know if he actually does, or if he's just saying that to be to be or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But pretty kind pretty of ridiculous. The
1: crowd. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right, well let's uh, get right to the games here uh, for Week 12 we got 3 of them on Thanksgiving of course and then first week we haven't had any buys so nothing to mention there and then it looks like we got what full 12 games on uh, Sunday and then of course the Monday nighter so nice to have finally a full slate here even though it is broken up a little bit with Thanksgiving but uh start off with three pretty good ones on Thanksgiving here. Uh the first one of course is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions uh i had this one my guess was detroit minus three what did you have here
0: this one i had detroit minus one is a, one and a half is my guess my power rating was actually a pick the opener at the Westgate had detroit minus two and a half minus 120 and the look ahead was detroit minus three uh, minus 120 it was said but i think it was more about flat three but anyway yeah with this one like I, my power ratings indicates there i think it's you know, a little, little too high in my opinion. I know you probably think it's a little too low, I guess, uh, from your power or where you think it should be. Uh, but, I don't know, we did see a little bit of money towards Minnesota, it looked like, and then, I don't know, I saw earlier in the day, I did see a, a 1.5 pop up or a 2, and now I'm pretty much seeing two and a half across the board. So I don't know where this number is really going. Uh, I think I might be jumping on the money line here and try to get like a plus 125 or something with Minnesota. I think they went outright a little revenge game here after that, the game at home, they should have won against Detroit earlier in the season. I think it's not not a great spot for them. Just the revenge angle, I like that a decent amount, but I'm just also not too high on this Detroit team here. And I don't know, we'll see how they are. I don't think they're a huge home advantage either. Uh, just not that great of a home field team. Um, I don't think they're bad by any means, like one of the you know, Miami team or something. But definitely don't give them a huge upgrade for home more than a standard team. So I don't know. I like uh, like Minnesota here. I think they might have found a little bit of something last week, but. Not in love with it, but that'd be the way I'd, I'd be leaning here.
1: Yeah, I I would have probably taken the Vikings at the three, but I didn't get it, and now it's looking like two or two and a half, and I doubt it's going to go back up to three. So, uh, I probably I like I like the idea if you are going to take the Vikings doing what you did on the money line there, and at least taking the plus price, because I think there's a decent chance they can win the game outright. Um. Detroit. That was a pretty fraudulent cover against Jacksonville last week. Uh, I didn't didn't bet on Jacksonville personally, but I know some people that did, and um, I had them in a picks pool that I was doing. And uh, basically, they were in it the whole time. And of course, Bortles couldn't get out of the game without throwing a pick six, which isn't too hmm. surprising. <laughs> Should be involved in the handicap at this point, but uh, Detroit had the defensive touchdown, the special teams touchdown and they still weren't covering until they kicked the last-second garbage field goal to go from winning by four to seven to barely cover that number. So that was a pretty pretty fraudulent cover on Detroit's part. Uh, not, still not not really impressed with them a whole lot as a team. And then the Vikings, that was encouraging last week. They you know, they got a defense and special teams touchdown as well. So I know some people around the Cardinals were complaining that it was a little fraudulent, but... I think that's you know that's kind of the recipe for success, a little extreme version of it, but you know solid defense and special teams, and uh, chipping a little bit on offense. So I do like the Vikings, but uh, you know this pretty ultra short week playing a, it's what a 11:30 Central Time kickoff, on a Thursday. That's a pretty extreme short week, so it's scary a little bit. Normally. I would I'd say Zimmer's a good enough coach where they can handle that, but he's been a lot shakier than I was hoping for here the last handful of weeks. So I'm not totally confident that they're gonna gonna pull this out, but that is is the way I'd lean. I just
0: I'd wanna it's kinda interesting too, I'm looking at the Vikings, you know, just their schedule so far. They're you know, a little disappointed there. They won that, that losing streak and obviously they lost the Bears, which was a, a bad loss. But even the rest of the teams that they beat it's not not the easiest of schedules, it's definitely just looking at everybody's record. you have the Giants and the Texans and Eagles is obviously uh you know not that great of a team, but they're definitely yeah, above average for sure, and then you have you know, the Redskins and stuff you know just the whole schedule it's definitely I think looking to be better than it was at the time, at least in my opinion
1: yeah what's what's their best performance on the road so far this year? it's beating the Panthers in week three, but the last three road games they've had, of course, they've been. You know, I guess they ran it against the Redskins, but it hasn't hasn't been pretty. So I, I agree that I think that they have played a pretty tough schedule, but I also don't necessarily know if I'm really ready to trust them in the road in a pick 'em range on a short week with the offensive line they got going either.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that.
1: So anyway, I I think we uh, lean to Minnesota. It's just a matter of how strongly. And uh, we'll see if you get there, and I'll probably just be on the sidelines for this one. But let's go to this next game up. We got Washington at Dallas. Uh, I had Dallas minus six as my guess for this one. What would
0: you have? Um, yeah, this one I had Dallas minus six as well. My power rating was Dallas minus five and a half. The opener was Dallas minus seven minus 120 at the Westgate. Uh, that was before the Sunday night game. Uh, and then the look ahead was Dallas minus six and a half. And this is actually I'm already on Washington on this one. I took them. I think I released to Washington minus seven, minus 105. If I'm remembering right. Yep. And uh, I think I got it at even money at the Westgate. And quickly after I bet it, they moved to, to minus 110. So it's good to see. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really anticipate. It. We've seen a lot of Dallas money coming usually, you know, especially towards the last part of the season here, uh, or the last part of the weeks here. A lot of Dallas money comes late. Even with the lane a lot of chalk, they'll still uh, still get some money late. But with this game, I don't really see that as much. I I don't know if we'll get to a six and a half, and, and the sevens will be gone. But I don't really see it going to a seven and a half. So I think if if you do like Washington, I think it's a, a lock in now type of thing. I don't really see it uh, getting any much better price than this. But I do like Washington. I don't know. I think they're a pretty solid team. They're pretty un- pretty much under the radar here, and Dallas is obviously uh, if you're going to be. Backing him, backing them here on division game laying seven. Uh, you're about buying as high as you possibly can. There's their winning streak and they're against the spread. It's uh, pretty crazy and they are a pretty solid team and they have caught me off guard for the most part. But I think uh, this is a game where it's going to be pretty close and I wouldn't be surprised if a field goal wins it either way. So I'm just going to take the points and uh, you know enjoy the game on, on on Turkey Day.
1: Yeah, I also released Washington at seven. Um, at Plus 100, a hundred at quite a few places, and that's what I took it at. But I, uh, I like pretty much everything about it in terms of it's a division game, uh, somewhat of a revenge game for Washington after they kind of let that one slip away earlier in the year at Washington against Dallas. And uh, I think Washington's, they got the offense to definitely keep it within seven and kind of score tick for tack with Dallas, even if their defense isn't spectacular. And uh, I think Cousins is playing really good with the you know with the chip on his shoulder. And uh, overall, I think I, mean, I was pretty impressed with Dallas because it was a horrible spot for Baltimore last week, and they they basically they kind of came out a little bit flatter like you pretty much expect in the spot, and they ended up overcoming it, which is a lot easier to do when you can just kind of keep grinding people and running it and running it with that offensive line. And uh, their defense has played better than I expected them to, so I give Dallas quite a bit of credit. Uh, I think this number's definitely inflated, but my only worry in terms of this play is the fact that Washington played a primetime game with playoff revenge uh, against a, still a pretty public team in Green Bay last Sunday night late, and the game doesn't get over till uh, the past midnight Sunday night, or uh, East Coast time, and then now they're turning around and they're going to play a the you know whatever 3:30 game uh, in on the road on Thursday that's a pretty short turnaround in mean, ter- terms of scheduling uh to, to have that much time with travel is a little frightening especially when I don't totally trust the coaching staff I'm not a big Jay Gruden fan by any means so uh it gives me a little bit of pause but I just think the Dallas is so over not necessarily overvalued but the numbers are just uh, I mean I guess over inflated yeah overvalued same thing but it just seems like it's a little bit too high here and uh you know, there's a chance Dallas could get in, go in there and blow out Washington, but at some point Dallas is going to have a hiccup here. And I think Washington's a good enough team where the seven isn't quite justified. So I it's locked in at seven because I agree with you. I don't think it's going to get to seven and a half, even if there is some, you know, there will be public money on Dallas, especially on Thanksgiving. And especially if the, uh, whoever's the more public team of the Minnesota Detroit matchup loses, you know, there'll be a lot of, um, public people trying to uh, double up if they, if one of that team wins, or if they lose, they'll be trying to get their money back and pressing with Dallas. So there's a chance, I guess, it could get up past 7.5, but that's fine with me. If it does, I'll just take the 7.5 as well.
0: Yeah, pop on it again, exactly.
1: So then the uh, the late game is uh, Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, which is also a pretty intriguing matchup, although a little bit less so now yeah, that... I
0: say it was, yeah.
1: Andrew Luck's out, and Scott Tolzien looks like he's going to be the, good, the get the good start for Indianapolis here. So, our guesses are kind of irrelevant uh, here because I, had, I guess mine with Luck as I'm sure you did as well. Um, I had yeah, Pittsburgh minus three. Unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> I
0: didn't put that into my my ranking. Unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, so um, you Pittsburgh minus three. I had this game at a, a pick. Um, I guess in my power rating, so I was. Little shocked by that line. I was ready to pop on Indy, uh, especially at a flat three. It was, I think it was at Westgate Open. Pittsburgh minus three, even money. The look, at it was Pittsburgh minus three, minus 120, but it, it was pretty much at two and a half for what I saw for the most part. And then it's kind of moving up to three. I don't know if that was because of the news with 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 Luck and his uncertainty, or if it was just kind of Pittsburgh money. It's kind of hard to tell. I would assume a little bit of both, but it, with all signs it looked like it was going to get to a three, so I was ready to, you know at my chops get in there with plus three with luck at home there especially when Pittsburgh hasn't looked you know super great but um, you know unfortunately uh, I guess I'm glad I didn't <laughs> I'm glad I waited because it've been really really disappointing to have uh you know luck out and getting at you know, the three points there instead of getting right now it's at eight and a half or nine at, at some places or most places so it uh, moved a good six points uh, six seven points so yeah it, uh, I'm not saying I think that's probably about right um, for what what luck's worth because it'll be really interesting to see how bad this indie team is without luck. But and the total obviously moved down a ton too from i see seeing 53.5, 54, and now I'm seeing 47.5 to 47, 48, somewhere in there. So I almost almost got it at, th- at Pittsburgh at 3 when it was moving and the news was announced but then the, all the places quickly took it down right before I could pop it there but I wish I would have got that and even though I didn't really like the Pittsburgh side to begin with but still just from a, a value standpoint obviously getting a three there after Lux announced that would have been really good but what are you going to do? But yeah with this game I think uh, not really a whole lot to, to handicap. I think it's kind of hard if you miss the, miss the boat on the numbers. It's uh, kind of tough to take Pittsburgh at this many po- laying this many points or even with Indy you're getting a lot of points but you really have no idea what you're getting so I think it's pretty easy to stay away all together.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, uh, in terms of just betting the game straight, I know it'd be the uh, you know, credit giant Detroit, with the square bear play of the week it would be to tease Pittsburgh down below three before it gets up to nine. Uh, and I mean, is is there going to be anybody that's having Thanksgiving dinner that doesn't have an open <laughs> teaser with Pittsburgh going? Or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how many people are going to be teasing Dallas down to a one and Pittsburgh down to two, two and a half? I, mean, yeah, I can't I, imagine anybody I, that looks at that teaser card that's somewhat square and doesn't end up doing that.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely like the Pittsburgh one more than the Dallas. I, I won't be shocked at all if Dallas gets loses there against Washington because I think Washington's a little bit more frisky than everybody thinks, which I said last time. But yeah, with Pittsburgh, I like. I think that'd be a pretty. It's tough to imagine they lose. Yeah.
1: Lose, no, I but... totally agree with that. I'm just thinking if your average person looks at Dallas, yeah. they've been cashing with them eight straight weeks or nine straight weeks, whatever it is. Uh, they look at it just, the board's perfectly set up for a Dallas-Pittsburgh tease for every square on the planet. Yeah, no, definitely. But, yeah, I like, uh, I think I'd kind of, yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily tease that Washington-Dallas game either way, but I do kind of like taking Pittsburgh down, and then I'd I maybe pair it up with the Vikes, get them up to eight and a half. That sounds uh, a little intriguing to me. Yeah, definitely. But um, Yeah, no, so in, I guess my main point, I don't really have anything to say in this game straight up, but... um so you're saying at three, you would have liked Indy? Yeah. With, with, with luck? With,
0: with luck, yeah. Getting three at home, yeah, I would have.
1: So are you buying into Indy more so, or you just don't think Pittsburgh is that good?
0: I think a little bit of both. I think Indy's okay. kind of got a little bit of a roll going, but Pittsburgh, I think, just, even against uh, last week, they just didn't even look, like, overwhelmingly, you know, it was... I don't know. Like, yeah, the score kind of you know was twenty-four to nine or something. I don't know what it, what it was, but it, yeah. and, but I think a lot of that had to do with the weather. So that's kind of tough too. But they just haven't. Uh, I don't know. I, I I won't be surprised by any means, but um, they just haven't looked as good as I've expected them to the last two three weeks here.
1: I think you kind of got to throw it out the window because they were the weather was horrible, like you said, and then they were basically just playing ultra conservatively. Just figuring, all right, let's just get the win and get out of here with this terrible weather. So I thought they didn't look like overwhelmingly convincingly, like, they, you know, they didn't blow them up by 30, but I thought they did everything they needed to do. So I don't know if I really count that for or against them. But I mean, before that, of course, they lost four straight. So you got to factor that in as well. But um, I think part of that was just Roethlisberger not being healthy. Um, so, I don't know. I I've, I've, yeah. I think Pittsburgh has a fairly high ceiling going forward. So, I don't know if I really want to step in front of them, especially with a team I don't trust, like Indy. I think they're – I mean, what's their best win been? They beat the Chargers at home in that fluky game, the Bears at home in a fluky game, the Titans, the Packers. At at Lambeau, I guess, was by far their best win. And they beat the Titans again. So, I'd, they haven't really done a whole lot. Then throw in there, they lost to the Jaguars and, you know, the Texans. I just don't, uh, I haven't been too impressed with the Colts all year, and uh, basically, I don't know, I, I don't think I'm going to be backing them a whole lot, unless they're playing a really overvalued team.
0: Yeah, I think the, I think part of it, they're getting, I think they're getting healthier, too, and I think it'll be quite a bit, you know, say quite a bit going down the stretch here, uh, just on, you know, both sides of the football, just don't have a whole lot of injuries right now as a team, so I think that'll... I'm not saying that they're an elite team by any means, but I think they'll. It's. I think if anything, they're going to be improving instead of being on the opposite going forward.
1: All right, let's go to the Sunday games. Looks like the first matchup we got here is another one with some funky line moves. Uh, Tennessee at Chicago. Uh, looks like is Cutler Cutler's out for this one. Matt Barkley's in. You know what I'm seeing. Yeah. Well, I guess this one before that happened, I had this game at a pick. What did you guess for this one?
0: Yeah, I, like like the last game in India, I couldn't predict uh, the quarterback situation uh, before, you know, and obviously the nobody could because that's where the marker is at. So uh, I was the same as you uh, before the quarterback that color was out. I had Tennessee. My guess was Tennessee minus one and a half. Uh, my power rating was Tennessee minus two and a half. The opener at Westgate before that news obviously was pick, and then the look ahead was Tennessee minus one, and uh, that. It was one and I quickly got bet up i was sitting at about one and a half or two before the news of Cutler and that's when I I, I did hop on Tennessee at minus one and a half and I did release as a play actually shortly before that news was announced uh, coincidentally at um, Tennessee minus two and we saw it get bet up to about three or three and a half instantly and then we basically just been seeing it down bolt the ball rolled down downhill from there and I was seeing four or five and a half. And I see. I guess I see a rogue three and a half, but so yeah, just constantly getting bet up. And I, I like Tennessee to begin with at that number, so I'm glad I locked it in. I, I like this obviously, like it a decent amount under three with without Cutler. Even though Cutler's not great, it's uh, definitely an upgrade. And then uh, the total as well, I, I hopped in on the total at 44 and a half, and uh, I didn't release it as a play because there wasn't enough available numbers. But now I'm seeing. Forty-one and a half, forty-two, and even a few forty-threes. But so I like my position here in this game altogether. Uh, you know, win or lose, I still like uh, the numbers I got. Uh, assuming they don't move the other way here quickly before close, which I don't anticipate.
1: Yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have loved this. If I could have got Chicago plus three, I still think they're kind of an undervalued commodity, even though they're not that good. Uh, I thought they very easily could have beat the Giants last week. Uh, but I don't. I remember. But what of Barkley? He came in there, I forgot what exactly games it was, but a few games ago, and he just looked like a complete dumpster fire. So I don't think I, I don't have any interest in backing him, even though I'd, I, I obviously I like your bet quite a bit on Tennessee right now. If I had that in my portfolio, but uh, at the current number, there's no way I'm going to be laying five on the road with Tennessee. Uh, but I also don't want any part of Matt Barkley. So for me, this is pretty pretty much an easy pass. Tennessee, that I I had them. Not I didn't bet them, but I kind of leaned towards them last week, and they fell down a ton to Andy Early, and they, they made that a good comeback. So I was a little bit impressed with Mariota and Tennessee, the fact that they were able to pretty much come back, uh, even though they ended up falling a little short. But uh, and then in terms of the Bears, the Bears looked like they were going to beat the Giants there for a decent amount of the game, and then just kind of you know they're just not. Not that great of a team and with Jeffrey oh, they just don't have a whole lot of playmakers so I'll be really curious to see how poor their offense looks this week with with Barkley at the helm but anyway that's and that's about all I got on that one
0: real quickly I want to say too with the total the wind speed are projected to be like above 15 mile an hour which is a you know, decent amount of wind just like last week we saw with all the bad weather the totals got jammed down in a lot of games so um, I I think wind's one of the most important factors for totals, and I think that helps the under a lot. So that's probably why the money was there too. So that's uh, obviously a little bit with with color, and I think a little bit with the the wind too.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely be uh, be well aware of the weather. I know there was a ton of unders last week as a whole. I don't know exactly what the number was, but I know it was an overwhelming majority of the games stayed under, and there's all a lot of too. those. Oh yeah, okay, all yeah, but uh, and like most of those a lot of them were on the East Coast with a lot of rain and wind and whatnot, and then of course the uh, Patriot San Francisco game that was just a straight downpour and a lot of uh, a lot of the weather is coming for a lot of times in the line, but it also um, it's just something to make sure you're aware of so you're not thinking the numbers way off when there's a reason why the numbers is off of where you uh, think it should be. So definitely something to keep pay attention to as the week goes on. Uh, The next game up here we got is San Diego at Houston. Uh, My guess on this one was Houston minus two and a half. What did you have here?
0: Um, This one I had as a pick. My power rating was actually San Diego minus one and a half. The opener before the Monday night game was Houston minus one, and that's pretty much what it reopened at. And then uh, the look ahead was Houston minus two. So um, just this is a game I've already – Put a bet on San Diego earlier today. I saw it moving a uh, decent amount, taking some money, and uh, you know, I wanted to hop in on that because I like the San Diego side, but I thought, I kind of thought Houston would be taking money, so I was kind of waiting for it to get higher. But I'm, So I'm kind of surprised that San Diego's taking money here at this point, this point in the week. So I wanted to lock in, but uh, I did get it at minus 105 myself and released a, a pick minus 110. Right now I'm seeing... Uh, San Diego favorite now instead of Houston, anywhere from a two uh, to one, one to two, somewhere in there. I'm not really sure where that's coming from uh, exactly, because I would have thought that Houston would have taken money, so I'm kind of surprised by that, like I, like I kind of already said, but it'll be interesting to see if there's any buyback on Houston or not here at this number, or if, if it continues to climb. I, I'd be really shocked if it got to San Diego minus three, though. So I like I, I like San Diego in this game, but I, I don't, mainly... Uh, it's just because they're coming off a bye, and Houston's in I think a pretty bad spot scheduling wise after that Monday night game and from Mexico and having to come home and travel and you know, go through customs and all that stuff so I think it's more just a spot situation where you know take them to win the game and obviously they're uh you know need to win a lot here going gonna stretch I know both these teams do but San Diego's got uh, can't really make a whole lot of mistakes if they want to make the playoffs so I like them coming off the bye here and hopefully they can get it done for me
1: yeah I- totally disagree uh, I bet Houston thinking it was going to move more towards Houston minus 3 at minus 1 but obviously there has been some San Diego money I kind of expect it to bounce back and forth here uh, around 1.5 either way I don't expect it to get even really close to 3 I guess either way um, yeah San Diego is coming off a buy, but uh, with the new par- collective bargaining agreement I don't know if that's really a positive uh, it seems like Week after week, teams coming off a bye just haven't been that good and haven't really performed. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but it just seems like they haven't really performed that well against the spread. And I know they can only practice uh, a handful of days, whereas they used to be able to practice a lot more during the uh, the week off. Now you got players that are just basically using it as a relaxation and, and recoup time. And it seems like it just hasn't really benefited teams that much coming off the bye. So unless the team is like really beat up and injured and then they can get people back. But I don't think that's uh, overwhelmingly the case with San Diego. Uh, It's not a great spot, obviously, for Houston coming back from out of the country on a short week. But the fact they lost that last week, they're only a one game lead against Indianapolis and one and a half against Tennessee. So they're uh, definitely feeling the pressure. To win at home. I think they're going to be fully motivated. The Chargers, on the other hand, they probably are, but now they're they're three games out of uh, third place in their division, and by definition, three three games out of the wild card chase with six to go. So I don't think they're going to be quitting by any means. But I also think going into the bye off a loss to the Dolphins, uh, the way they lost that one. I could see where there might be a little bit of quit in them, especially a team that hasn't been good the last couple of years. They might kind of be going into that mode a little bit more of starting to let down because they kind of got they're a little frisky there and won three or four and were looking pretty good. And then they kind of lose a depressing one going to the bye. I think there's a little chance for them to not be quite as motivated. And if you look at what they've done on the road, they did beat the Falcons, which is pretty impressive. But other than that, they've lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Colts, lost to the Raiders, lost to the Broncos, and then beat the Falcons there in overtime. And then you look at Houston at home and they've been, uh, pretty good. They've, they beat the Lions, they beat the Colts, they beat the Titans, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bears. So you got one team that's what five and zero at home versus another team that's. Uh, one and four on the road and you're expecting the team that's one and four to beat the team that's five and oh straight up it doesn't seem like a great uh situation to me i think houston's just undervalued because they've uh gone on the road and got smoked on prime time a couple times and people are overreacting to how bad they've looked and when it's been the most visible situations and the Chargers, on the other hand kind of got a little buzz for how entertaining they are but they've also uh, found ways to lose games so i'm pretty confident that houston's going to get this win and uh, i guess we'll see how it plays out on sunday
0: and i do want to point out i think also played pretty i think maybe one of his best games of the season or at least uh, since the second part of the season so far it's he, look, he looked pretty impressive on monday he made some pretty good throws and everything like that so that's definitely a little definitely another positive for houston i think he might be moving in the right direction Well, I guess this game will tell a lot. I I could see it going either way, but if he has another decent game, then I think that would be a pretty good sign for Houston moving forward.
1: Yep. So, the next game we got up is Jacksonville at Buffalo. Uh, I had Buffalo minus 6.5 is my guess on this one. What did you have?
0: I guess Buffalo minus 6. My power rating was Buffalo minus 5. The opener was Buffalo minus 6.5 at the Westgate, and the Westgate look-ahead was Buffalo minus 7. So, Right now, seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there in that range. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to be laying this many points with Buffalo. It's kind of like a broken record, I guess. It's just too many points, especially with this team. But Jacksonville, it's like, I don't know. I just keep going down to the well. I was on them again last week. Not one of my own plays, but a different play. and Six and a half, and <laughs> they end up <laughs> giving up. You know, I think they had a penalty late there, and they end up giving the field goal and end up losing by seven. It's just like... How many times can you pull your hair out? It's just, uh, it's just tough. But with that being said, it's uh, you know either Jacksonville or pass, and don't really have a whole lot of opinion on the total. Uh, I guess maybe a little slightly into the under at
1: forty-five. Yeah, I already released Jacksonville at seven and a half. Um, like I said, I don't love it. I wasn't on them last week, even though I was rooting for them. Uh, I was, but I didn't have any my own personal money on them. Um, they should have covered that game again, but at the same time, that's been, you know, kind of a common theme. It's so like you can only say that with them in Cleveland so many times before you just got to say, well, even though they should have covered it, you know, that's what bad teams do is find ways to not cover it. So you can't complain if it doesn't work out. That's for sure. Uh, you kind of give up your right to, to bitch about a bad beat if you're going to be back in Cleveland or, or Jacksonville. But that being said, they have kept it pretty close for the most part of the last few weeks. And uh, I don't think the Bills are a team I like laying a margin with, and I don't really trust at all, um, even though they did, I bet against them last week against Cincinnati, and they did end up getting the win. Now I give them some credit, but it was just a lot of Cincinnati being completely inept on offense. And not to say that Bortles isn't going to be completely inept at offense because that's kind of what he does. Um, but I still think if one one or two fortunate things goes your way, uh, the Jacksonville will be able to – stay in this game and get the cover and um i don't know i just don't see buffalo really as a team that's gonna be shutting people down on defense and moving the ball a ton on offense so seven and a half just feels like a lot here and uh it's not the most confident but i've ever made but i think more often than not taking over the touchdown with jacksonville is kind of the way to go here so the next game up we got is cincinnati at baltimore this is another one that I guessed this before I realized AJ Green was out for sure. Um, I guess Baltimore minus three on this one. Would you have?
0: Yeah, I had the same. Baltimore minus three. Power is Baltimore minus three. Westgate opened Baltimore minus three minus one twenty, and the look at it was Baltimore minus one and a half. And I was uh, I wasn't sure exactly. I kind of thought Green was gonna be. Out. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but. I think even with that news, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but I think uh, even at the, the current price, we're seeing four, four and a half. I think it's uh, even a little too high. I don't, but I don't really want to back the Cincy team right now either. So, but Baltimore's a team I don't want to be laying this this price with. So it's you know pretty easy stay away. The side I did go on is uh, the under. I'm at 41 and a half. And now I'm seeing pretty much 40 and a half across the board, or even a, a rogue 40 and some 41s, I guess. But 41 and a half, I like that under a decent amount. Uh, again, you got uh, a little bit of wind i guess it's saying not not much as the other Tennessee game but you know a little bit that factors in uh but more importantly just yeah the Cincinnati without AJ Green they might just be an offense that can't get anything done and Baltimore has been pretty flaky all together too so and both these defenses have played pretty pretty good for the most part uh I'd, I'd say both decently above average so i think this would be a defensive battle type of game uh, a division game like this so I'm pretty confident in that bet there. Uh, like, I didn't release it because it already kind of moved too much, I kind of just got it myself. But, I don't know, I like that game for the under. But, you know, side-wise, I, I guess I'd have to lean Cincy taking the points, but definitely wouldn't feel too good about it. I, I was on Cincy last week, like like we said earlier in the recap, and I felt like it was a pretty good spot. Basically, you know, that's that's a spot for Cincy to step up to save their season and lay less than a field goal there at home, but they just uh, they couldn't do it. It's kind of funny, after after last game, you see – the market's kind of just completely collapsing on Cincy. They, we've kind of saying for a while. They just haven't been very good. But after last week, uh, so I was kind of hoping they would have stepped up and you know not only won me my bet, but then they might have got some attention again, where he might have got a little bit overvalued, where I, this might have been a week where we could have bet against them. Maybe if you saw two and a half or something, if they looked good last week, but unfortunately not. And I think this is just uh, they're gonna be riding into the sunset here for the rest of this season is what I would anticipate.
1: Yeah, I think Cincy's. Uh, his- pretty much a bet against team at this point i think i I think aj green's a significant factor uh, in terms of how good since he's likely to be i'd say i mean most non-quarterback players in the nfl are hardly worth anything you know maybe a point or point and a half at most but i'd say aj green's about as important as any non-quarterback in the league right now with the current situation Uh, just due to the fact that into this season since he lost Sanu and Marvin Jones uh, as playmakers, and then they lost Hugh Jackson as their coordinator, so their offense was really stripped down in terms of who who they have as actual playmakers on the outside. And, uh, and Dalton, you could just see once A.J. Green was out, and then even with Bernard out now too for the year, it just doesn't seem like they have anybody they can really beat anybody on the outside. I mean, it helps get Neifert back, but... I think their offense is really going to have trouble scoring here going forward. So, I think there will be some opportunities to bet against Cincinnati and to bet unders like you did this week. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be able to do much. But their their defense is still, you know, pretty good. They're I I'm a fan of their defense, and so I wouldn't be, definitely not jumping on Baltimore here because they were in a great spot last week against Dallas and couldn't even get that cover. I just haven't been really much a fan of them all year, So. Uh, no, no interest in laying over a field goal at Baltimore. I, I just don't think they're a team you can trust, hardly to win outright, let alone lay more than a field goal. So I have no interest in doing that. Uh, it's just a matter of whether Cincy can put enough points together to keep this one close, or, or if they lose a really low-scoring, ugly one. But uh, so like I guess I'd lean to Cincy and lean to the under. But I don't feel comfortable enough at uh, these prices, really doing either. So I'll likely be staying away from this one, but hoping that. Uh, that, um, you know, maybe since he puts up a decent amount of points this week, <laughs> counter to what you're rooting for, but maybe over-inflate them a little bit going forward so I can come in heavier on some unders here going forward. So, anyway, uh, the next game we got up is Arizona at Atlanta. This one's kind of a fun one. We got a bird battle here. Uh, I guessed Atlanta minus four and a half. What did you have?
0: Yeah, you must be looking at my my numbers. I had Atlanta minus four and a half as well. My power range was Atlanta minus six, and my opener was Atlanta minus four, and the Westgate and the look ahead at the Westgate was Atlanta minus three. Uh, this one is right now sitting anywhere from four to five, a lot of four and a half. So not uh, not much going on here. My power range I had a little higher. I kind of I kind of thought it'd be, I mean obviously my line was right where it was, but I wouldn't have been super shocked to see it coming slightly higher than this. But I would've been pretty surprised if it came in like the three range or something like that so i don't really know here I don't really necessarily want to be taking atlanta but i think that'd be the way i'd look here if i had to one or the other but i think it's for the most part pretty much you know stay away uh, i do see a fifty one and a half out there for a total i think that's just a little too high uh, another i think it kind of, might be the week of the unders i think if uh... not sure if i'll be betting it or not but if i definitely like the under uh, a, little, a little bit for the total uh, more so than the side
1: yeah, I think Arizona a team somewhat like Cincy that they might be packing it in here if they if things start skidding a little bit further. I think you know, especially when they're a team that's used to to winning and being right up there towards the top of the division. Right now they're sitting at four, five, and one, and uh, what, three games back of Seattle for their division, and a couple games out of the wild card. I could definitely see a scenario with them where they lose say this week at atlanta and next week to washington they could really be packing it in the last four weeks or so so i don't really i don't think there's a much of a buy sign right now in arizona even though uh, they might be slightly undervalued with how poor they've looked the last couple of weeks but i still don't really want a whole lot of them and then you got to deal with arians being hospitalized that's not not usually something i like to be backing really either because i mean there might be a a situation where they get inspired to play harder for them, but it also just creates a lot of hectic and uh, a hectic work week for them and might take them a little bit out of their routine. So I don't have a whole lot of interest in back in Arizona. Uh, but on the flip side, Atlanta, they're coming off the bye after that loss of Philly, which I don't totally uh, discount them for too much because it was a pretty good spot for Philly, even though I was on Atlanta that game. I still don't t- discount them a whole lot, but then, like I said earlier, coming off the buy, I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing or a bad thing or indifferent for them. So, uh, I guess I'd I agree with you. I'd lean Atlanta, but I also, I'm not really a fan of laying four and a half with a team I don't totally trust or think is an elite team against a team that I don't think is good, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they, they I think they have a pretty high ceiling of a, a game in them if all things go right for him so in that situation i don't really like laying four and a half so uh, to me it's a fairly easy stay away and unless something goes crazy with the line as the week goes on uh next game up we got is san francisco at miami uh maybe two of the unsexiest teams in the league in my opinion huh. we got uh i guess miami minus seven and a half for this one would you have
0: Okay, yeah, this one I had uh, San Francisco. I had Miami minus six and a half. My <laughs> no <guess>. chop. <jack.
1: laughs> yeah,
0: with, with the best team in the league, yeah. Uh, no, my guess was Miami minus six and a half. My power range was Miami minus six and a half. The opener at Westgate and the look ahead was Miami minus eight. Right now, yeah, same, same type of deal. Not a whole lot of movement. Pretty much sitting at eight. A few seven and a halfs popping, uh, which I'm not surprised about. But yeah, I, my numbers tell me to go with San Francisco, but it's kind of a hard team to back. I, I I do like San Francisco. I'm not I'm not gonna be laying this many points in Miami. That's just for sure. I think what I'm pretty much gonna be watching here is this offensive line. They as soon as they got their offensive line back uh, earlier in the year, they started looking pretty good and were leaning You know, did a lot of had a lot of overs going for them. And then they lost both of them going to the last game. They were, uh, lost one during the game. I think one was out before the game. So that's the uh, you know their center and uh, on the right side of the line so uh, with tonssell and, and Pouncey. so I'll, I'll kind of wait to see their status on them I I don't uh, I might be on San Francisco if, if they if they're both out and their their line looks a little shaky because obviously last week they hardly moved the ball against the Rams and no, had no business of winning or covering that game so might and San Francisco has been a little frisky I don't want to say that great but even against New England there they kept it in Pretty good, you know. We're with them the whole game uh, through the halftime, and then the second half they kind of just, uh, you know what, which, what which you kind of expect with a, a Chip Kelly team when they kind of quit on them. I, I think so. Kind of tough to put your money towards them, but that'd be the only way I'd look here.
1: So yeah, you, so you you had to pick one. You take San Francisco, obviously, right? You just said. Yeah. I'd, if you were forced to tease one, which way would you go?
0: Forced to tease? Well, it all have to depend on the they, if Miami got. One or both of their offensive linemen back, I think, uh, it might actually be a pretty good teaser actually, uh, to take them you know six down to a one or, or one and a half something like that. But uh, if, they, if they don't have their line and just I don't know if you watched much of that game last last week, but it's just they just, they just didn't do anything. They punted every time and uh, and I think yeah a little bit had to do with the Rams you know, front seven, but I think a lot of it had to do with just poor offensive line and then you know people giving Tannehill you know crap and stuff like that. But I think the offensive line, I think, is a lot more important than people think. And even me, I'm. it's just you look at all the, the good teams in the league right now. You know, Oakland, they have a really good line. Dallas has a really outstanding line, obviously. And, and some teams like Seattle and maybe even the Patriots, they're not great, but they kind of have good enough quarterbacks to be able to deal with it. So it's offensive line, I think, is a lot more important than people, maybe even the lines, uh, you know, put into value.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. The, the point I was trying to make there was, um, you know, it's not necessarily your betting teams because I, I would agree that at eight, you know, I would definitely look San Francisco over Miami, uh, figuring that if the game plays out a certain way, which I think probably at least half the time it will, San Francisco might be able to sneak under that number. Whereas if I was forced to tease it, I would probably tease it down to Miami minus two instead of up to San Francisco minus 14 because I also think that it's more likely than not. Miami wins the game by at least two. I think it's more likely that Miami wins the game by more than 14, so you lose your San Francisco teaser than the vice versa, where San Francisco wins the game outright or only loses by one. So you can have an opinion about how you'd want to bet a game, which completely, you know, you could have back either team depending on the situation. Uh, it's not necessarily look at the game and say, oh wow, I like Miami, I'm going to bet them however I can. But you can do that, but it's also all dependent on the number and and the type of bet you're making. So uh, there's a lot of some people that uh, you know don't really follow betting or aren't too sharp would look at you and say, well, how in the hell could you want to bet San Francisco straight up but you tease Miami? They're playing each other and I'd say, well, at the different numbers, I think they're uh, you know they both could be solid bets. Not that I'm necessarily doing the same game where you're just giving yourself a little middle window. But uh, depending on which, which way you want to go with it, I think you can kind of talk yourself into either of them being decent bets. But that being said, I don't really a, have an opinion on the game, and uh, I more than likely won't be having a bet on it. Uh, so the next game up we got is the Rams at New Orleans. I had New Orleans minus 6 as my guess here. What did you have?
0: I had New Orleans minus 6.5. My power rating was actually New Orleans minus 7. The opener was New Orleans by 6.5 at the Westgate, and the look-ahead was New Orleans minus 6. This is a game I don't usually lay much chalk, but I was uh, ready to ready to move in on New Orleans if I could get it at less than a touchdown. So I was kind of uh, a little mad when I saw 7s across the board when it was released uh, Sunday night and you know, now even Monday and into Tuesday. So now I'm seeing even a little bit of juice on, on New Orleans at 7, uh, but pretty much 7 across the board still with, like I said, some juice. So I would have liked New Orleans here at less than a touchdown, I just think this this Rams team just is a little lifeless. Jeff Fisher at the helm is, you know, just uh, not a whole lot not a whole lot to like there. And New Orleans is coming off the Thursday night game, which is a little bit deflating, I think. But I think they're just gonna have a little bit of a heyday here. And I know the Rams defense is decent, so you don't want to lay a huge number like that. But that's why even at six and a half, I would have felt uh, felt like a pretty decent bet. But yeah, definitely not gonna be laying uh, seven plus, so I'll stay away.
1: That could be maybe Vegas Insider's wrong. but It was showing shown that it was sitting at six and six and a half for a while at CG and uh, six and a half at Westgate, which I don't know if that's, you know, this could be inaccurate, but if that were the case, uh, that's the way I would have looked too. I don't know. I think the Rams' defense is pretty solid, but I don't trust Goff at all. I don't trust him on the road, and I don't trust Jeff Fisher at all. And they were about as conservative as you could possibly be with them last week, so they didn't really didn't really try to do a whole lot with him I don't see that really changing I don't know if that's because he's just that bad and they don't trust him at all or if it's just because they're just being overly conservative with him but well whatever the case may be I don't expect it to change this week and even though the the, the Rams defense is pretty solid uh, I, I would expect Breeze and the Saints offense to get enough you know get there so I don't, I don't really have any interest in land seven either but I'd have been pretty tempted to, to lay six or six and a half with New Orleans as well, even though I hate laying that kind of chalk. But I uh, probably probably would end up doing it if that were the number. But at the current number, seven minus 20, uh, I don't, uh, don't have any interest in the game. So I'll be uh, staying away from this one. Uh, next game up we got here is the Giants at Cleveland. It's the last of the one o'clock games. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I had the Giants laying seven and a half on the road. What about you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I had the Giants minus seven. My power rating was the Giants minus six and a half. The Westgate opened the Giants minus six and a half, and that was a look ahead as well. And I don't know, That's right now it's sitting at six and a half with juice towards the Giants or, or seven, a lot more sevens out there uh, with a little bit of juice towards Cleveland, but I don't know. This is uh, right where the right where I put the game. Right, where my numbers have it, and uh, right now I'm seeing 44 and a half, some 44, 45s for the total. I think if you get a 44, and I, I would not mind an over there. I think uh, an over might not be a terrible bet. Giants defense is improving and look pretty good, but I think Cleveland's just a team where this. Uh, I won't be surprised here at the Giants if they were pretty close and either you know close to losing this game or if they came in and had a heyday against Cleveland. Like either one won't surprise me either either way. I think I'd lean to the to the lather of the two, and that's why I'd like the over, but I definitely don't want to be laying this many points at the Giants.
1: Yeah, the Giants they're just I mean they don't they don't win by a margin. <laughs> their last games here they won by six, one, five, seven, four, loss, 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 win by three, win by one. And now you're expecting them to win by more than a touchdown on the road. Uh just Hard to imagine they don't really have much of an offense. Their defense has been playing solid, but uh, it's just amazing how how high that number is. But at the same time, all that being said, I I have no interest in back in Cleveland anymore. <laughs> I think they're uh, they're spread. How many games in a row haven't they covered? It's been like five straight games or six straight games or something like that. It's, it's amazing how at one point in the season we were saying even though they're terrible. Their spread record isn't too bad, even though they're 0-11. But at this point, I think their spread record is pretty awful, they're like 2-9 and nine or somewhere in that range. So, um, even though I think the numbers too big, uh, you can't talk me into taking Cleveland. Even I, I mean, with McCown, I, I would prefer Kessler to McCown, uh, definitely. And then if McCown gets hurt, I don't even know who's. Do you, do you know who would be coming in? Is who is it? The was it Hogan? Is that who it was? I
0: think there's talk that rg3 might be healthy
1: too i think it says he's been ruled out for this week but i know he might be coming back soon but that's that's a possibility but yeah regardless whether it's hogan or a cold rg3 coming back or whoever i want to feel good about that i don't even like mccown to begin with so uh it's kind of a yeah i wouldn't even though i think cleveland's horrible i still don't even like teasing the giants down here because i think I just don't trust Eli <laughs> at all, yeah. and I don't trust their offense. And I agree. The first thing I looked at this game, I agreed with you, where I looked at the over. I was like, oh, 44-and-a-half, 45 in a Cleveland game? I kind of want to take that over. And I looked at the Giants' scores, and, I mean, in the last few weeks, they've put up 38 points, 41 points. They did have 51 against the Eagles, but then 27 against the Rams. And just their, their games have just been pretty low scoring. And then on the Cleveland side of things, there was weather last week, and they had a Thursday night against the Ravens the week before that, and they had that Cowboys game that should have gone over but didn't that I think you lost on. So th- those numbers are kind of deceiving, but it's three straight unders there for them. And then when you combine that with the Giants, who I think are a decently under team, that kind of keeps me off the uh, over, even though I think that number is a little low. But uh, that's, that's – um, Long story short, I'm staying away from this one too, but it's a pretty interesting game from a lot of different perspectives, in my opinion. So to the afternoon games we go, and the first one up is Seattle at Tampa Bay. Uh, I had Seattle minus four is my guess on this one. What did you have?
0: Yeah, we're both going to be light here. I had Seattle minus three and a half. My power range was Seattle minus three. The opener at the Westgate had Seattle minus six. And the look ahead was Seattle minus six and a half. And uh, right, right now it's pretty much five and a half across the board, some six, six a little bit, so it's kind of in that range. Seattle favorite, obviously. Uh, I don't know, this is a game I, I think it's like obviously for my my numbers it seems a little too high to me, but I'm not in any hurry, not in a super big hurry to, 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 to bet Tampa Bay here, so I'll just keep it simple, If uh, pretty much if it gets to a, a seven, I'll, or maybe a six and a half, but most likely a seven. I might be in on Tampa Bay, but otherwise I'll uh, be staying away.
1: Yeah. I, um, kind of, you know, pretty much agreeing with that. I think Seattle's, I don't want to say overvalued, but I mean, they've obviously looked pretty good the last couple of weeks covering against Philly, even though got a little dicey there late, win at the Patriots and then beating the bills there on Monday night. That's, two out of three primetime games and a late afternoon game that was a pretty widely watched game so it's three straight games where they've looked pretty good and were nationally televised uh, it's a pretty good recipe for being overvalued but at the same time uh, they have looked pretty good and their, you know, their defenses look good and then uh, Wilson looks like he's finally healthy so I, I don't know if uh, I really want to step in front of him at this point, because they, def- they for the f- first time in a while, I've kind of thought that they're close to where they've been at the last couple of years, which is obviously an elite team. So they're priced like an elite team here, but uh, I think it's pretty much justified. And on the flip side, Tampa coming off that blowout of the Bears a couple weeks ago and then that uh, tough-fought win at Kansas City last week. Which is uh, you got you to gotta give them credit for. It cause Kansas City's obviously a solid team, and uh, there's just something about the Bucks I just don't trust. I don't know, Winston just hasn't looked overly impressive to me, and um, just as a team, there's just something that just feels off about them. I don't even know exactly what it is, but I'm never really not gonna fully trust them anytime soon. So, I I agree that if it gets up to seven or maybe even six and a half, I'd be pretty tempted to jump in on them, but that being said, I don't think I'd feel extremely confident about it. It'd just be more out of a peer value number standpoint that I, I think that uh, it'd be worth stepping in. So the next game up we have is uh, Carolina at Oakland, and my guess on this one was Oakland minus four. What did you have here?
0: I had Oakland minus five is my guess. My power range was Oakland minus four. The opener before the Monday night game, it, they had it up there uh, Westgate. was Oakland minus 4.5, and, and the look ahead was Oakland minus 3.5. Right now, we're, we just see a little bit of money towards Carolina. And it kind of reopened about the same. as about 4, 4.5, and, a half, and uh, now we're seeing pretty much 3.5 across the board. Uh, a little bit of juice with 3 towards uh, towards Oakland, but uh, I'm not really surprised with that. That's the whole, kind of like I said with the Houston game, Oakland traveling. Coming back home, I think it'll be a little bit a little bit harder for them than than it was than the market was accounting for before. So I don't really disagree with this a ton. Um, so I don't. I'm, but as for you know the picking the game, I don't know. It's kind of tough with Carolina. They're kind of out of it. But I just Oakland's just a frustrating. I don't know. Is there a luckier team in the in the league than Oakland? <laughs> like I was on I was on Houston last night. I I found a rogue seven. I there was pretty much six six or six and a half, and at South Point about. I don't know what it was about an hour before game time or hour and a half before game time. They moved to seven because they probably needed some money there, and they don't do any messing with uh, moving it to minus 120 or even money. They either do flat minus 110 on every number, so they're forced to probably go to seven just to get some money. So I moved in on seven, and then you know 20 minutes later they moved it back down to six and a half, and I didn't really see at least in my books they didn't have there was no sevens available. So got a really good number there, and I looked like a pretty good bet, and they ended up. Uh, <laughs> some really really questionable calls and put not only my over in jeopardy but also my Houston side and luckily the over got there from that touchdown which was kind of lucky but my my Houston bet I think was you know, one of my one of my worst beats of the year but luckily I got a really good number where I just pushed instead of losing but uh just with Oakland it seems like everything went right for him it's not this hasn't been the first week either it's uh kind of crazy so I I think their their balloons got to pop here at some point. I just don't know if i like them. like to bet against them here this week, but I'm definitely not going to be betting on them anytime in the near future.
1: Yeah, I, like we talked about for weeks now, I think Oakland's overvalued. And I've been wanting to bet against them here, uh, even though I didn't quite do it last night. Even though I like the Houston side, there's just too many variables or unknowns with that situation. And then uh, this week, I think the market's made it pretty clear how – how they're uh, interpreting the, the results of what's, you know, the implications of the uh, Mexico City travel, because as soon as the games opened up this morning after that game, they steamed both uh, against, they faded both the teams that played, and they also steamed the under in the Carolina-Oakland game. So obviously the markets are thinking that uh, the travel uh, from out of the country is going to be pretty detrimental to both teams performances and I mean I obviously I don't have a whole lot of evidence or data to back up my opinion but I just don't necessarily totally agree with that so this is a case where I would like to fade the line move but I also think Oakland's overvalued so it ends up putting this number right where I think it should be uh, so I can't really fade either of the of the uh, market opinions. So I'm kind of stuck there. Uh, but like you said, in the, uh, Houston game, I think that line move was strictly based off the, the time, time change and everything, the, the travel. So I, I did fade it there. But in this game, I don't think the, I'd, I'd be tempted maybe to fade the over. Like you said, Oakland's been a huge over team pretty much all year and Carolina has a couple injuries. I you know Keekley out on defense likely. So, their defense hasn't been all that great to begin with, and then you lose him. I could see them giving up some points, and and then assuming uh, Cam can do his thing against the Oakland defense. Somewhat, I could see where there might be a decent amount of points scored. So if you you know over 48 doesn't seem like a terrible bet if you had to pick something in this game. But I don't know if I'm gonna quite get there or not, just with the unknowns of what the travel or how that's gonna affect the Oakland side of this equation.
0: When you said the under got steamed, you said the Oakland-Carolina, and you meant the San Diego-Houston game?
1: Um, Yeah, what did I say?
0: Yeah, you said the Carolina-Oakland game, because that one, there wasn't really a total available, and they opened it up at about 48 at most shops, and then at the op, more off-book, sharper books, it kind of got steamed to 49, so if anything, that total moving up. But, yeah, with the San Diego-Houston game, that's moving down a decent amount from 47, now at 46,
1: 46 and a half. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I meant. I must have... Uh... Misspoke there, just clarity, but just clarifying. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's another thing that uh, I know you mentioned there uh, at sharp books. And then something to keep in, in mind is there's certain sports books that cater to sharps and certain ones that cater to square better. So if you see a line moving at a at a sharper book, uh, you know that that's it's some smarter money that's that's likely moving that line as opposed to uh, you know sportsbook.ag or uh, in Vegas, the stations where there's just a lot of recreational betters, they uh, either be, don't allow big bets, or they'll you know cut sharper players off. And like William Hill, for instance, in Vegas, will uh, not allow action from some sharper players so they think they have an edge on them, or they'll uh, severely limit them. So that's why uh, some sharp or some books are known as sharp books. And people say, why would they cater to sharps if they're smart betters? And it's like, well, they'll take much bigger bets from sharper people just uh figuring that their their lines are tight enough whereas some of the square ones will put up numbers that are disadvantaged to uh, square better so they just won't let the sharper betters uh bet there so if you see a sharper book moving a certain direction i take a little bit more credence with that than if i see a square book moving a certain direction
0: yeah, and just uh on top of that point i want i was going to say the few, same few things that, but before you mentioned it but a few group of people i uh talked to have you know that bet professionally out here in Vegas that I, uh, you know, compare ideas with and stuff. One, one guy I know, he's, uh, basically said he won a lot of money at five dimes and they cut him off for his maximum amount of bet is $25 for a a bet, which is kind of crazy. And I'm, uh, just from his numbers and stuff, if he's one, I'm getting close to that spot, so I'm hoping I'm not next on the list here to get limited because it's obviously a good book for the most part. But yeah, William Hill, same thing happened with him there. He got limited where he can't bet anything, and they just don't want it. So it's uh yeah, it's kind of a weird. Most people, you know, the standard casual better would think that, but that's uh that's just, that's the reality.
1: Yeah, and that's where you got to give credit to, you know, CG technology and the Westgate and some of the. Uh, more more confident books that'll allow larger bets and will take sharper action and, and not be scared off by that. You def- and then you know allow wider variety of bets sometimes too. You got to give them uh, definitely give them credit for putting themselves out there and and uh, giving people the opportunity to come at them. Uh, the last afternoon game we got here was actually the Sunday night game that got flexed out. And now the flex scheduling is starting, which I like, so we don't have to watch this uh, New England Jets game in prime time. It's always a good. Uh, I'd rather have it as the third game on or the fourth game on, as opposed to the only game on. But so it's New England at the Jets, and I guess New England minus nine and a half. What did you guess here?
0: Yeah, this was a pretty. I don't know. Just a game. it's just a bad guess. I had New England minus three and a half. I wasn't really sure the stats with Fitzpatrick, but now he's even ruled in, and it wasn't really getting affected a whole lot. Um, and then my my power game was three and a half New England, but and the Westgate open, New England minus 7.5, and, and the lookhead was New, New England minus 8.5. This is just a game, I guess, uh, if nothing else, I think it was pretty much just laziness on my part. I, I just knew it was a game. I'm not going to be betting no matter what. I, I I still think it's a little high, so I, I, I do like the Jets, uh, even with I know that mine was a little low after looking at it, but I think even this, right now it's in at 8, 7.5, seven 9, somewhere in there. It's uh, I think it's still pretty high. I don't know if it should be justified more than a touchdown even, so I I don't know if I really want to be back the Jets, especially with, if it wasn't the Patriots, I'd definitely be back in the Jets here, just taking the number at home, and pretty good spot for the Jets, but just hard with the whole Patriots, uh, you know, rule, you don't want to bet against them, you're not going to be making money long term, just the way they defy all the odds and all the trends and, you know, any value that's supposedly seen in any lines, but. So yeah, pretty much just a laziness on my part from this line, just not didn't think I was gonna be betting it, but it was. It is pretty high here, so it's either a, a jet or pass for me.
1: Yeah, I thought this line was gonna be overinflated. My guess, obviously, it was up there pretty high at nine and a half. Uh, they had an the inverse view, and I thought it was gonna be basically just a big fade of Bryce Petty, who I thought was gonna be quarterbacking in the game, um, and he didn't look like un- ungodly bad. Uh, against the Rams there a couple weeks ago, but they also put up nine points, so <laughs> I don't think you can uh, rate them too highly. And he didn't didn't look particularly good either, so I figured the markets were gonna you know, obviously value the Patriots super highly, and uh and also not uh, be too enthused about Bryce Petty. But now with Fitzpatrick in, I mean he can be up and down too, but I'd rather have someone who has a chance of being pretty good than a complete unknown who's only had a short track record of being bad only. So I, I'd agree that I'd look towards the jets in this one, but I also, I'm not sure if I really want to go against new England when I, I don't have hardly any confidence in the jets at this moment. And new England, I don't think's the powerhouse that uh, they were built out to be necessarily like even last week, they, they took care of business fairly easily against San Francisco, but it wasn't, wasn't overly impressive and then you combine that with the Seahawks game and and uh you know everything I don't know I think they're they're still a pretty good team and they're one of the best teams in the league, obviously, but they're not uh a classical New England team where they can go on the road in this situation and lay close to double digits and I'd feel comfortable that they're gonna be uh you know they're comfortable that they're going to cover or for sure win the game so like I guess I would lean with the points of the jets, but I don't feel nearly comfortable enough to necessarily back them so I'll be more than likely staying away from this one. So let's go to the Sunday night game that got flexed into the Sunday night spot. Pretty good one here. Another, uh, Been a lot of good AFC West battles here. Uh, this one pertains to the Kansas City Chiefs at Denver. My um, guess on this one was Denver minus three. What did you have?
0: Yep, I'm right with you. Denver minus three. My power range is Denver minus three. The opener is... Uh, the Westgate had Denver minus three and a half, and the Westgate Look had was Denver minus three. Uh, right now, it's pretty much in at three and a half. Uh, I actually see a three at the South Point. That's a little, or no, that might I'm looking at no. It's pretty much three and a half. Uh, never mind. Across the board, a little bit of three with juice towards Denver. Um, I don't know. This is just a game in total 39 and a half. I see 140. Uh, yeah, I I, I can't bet this game over even as low as that is. I, I let's say with both these offenses look pretty shaky, pretty decent defenses, uh, defenses both, and then collectively, and then Denver's obviously one of the best defenses. So I don't know. I I think you can make cases for both this, the sides in this game for Kansas City and Denver. Denver coming off the bye, I believe, right? Yep. And um, you know Kansas City coming off a bad loss against Tampa Bay, there uh, might come back for a little bit of uh, revenge after last week. Try to. Show sure what they're made of. So I guess I'd you know, probably have a small, small lean towards Kansas City to get it back together. But I just don't know if I trust this team, and even you know, getting more than the touch or excuse me, more than the field goal here. So I think uh, pretty easy stay away here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's a panic sign with Kansas City that they lost like they did last week. Because I didn't think the Bucks look overly impressive either. And I think they just very underwhelmed a ton. So I don't know if that's a potential warning sign or if that's just kind of a fluke and there was a kind of a letdown spot and they were looking forward to this primetime matchup against the Broncos who have kind of been beating them up in the division the last couple of years. Um, So I don't really have an opinion on what that was exactly. And the Broncos coming out of the bye, like I said over and over again, I'm not sure what to make of the bye teams really this year, the last couple of years. So um, I don't know, I guess – with, with the, at three and a half I'd lean Kansas City and at three I'd lean Denver but obviously when that's the case uh, I don't feel strong enough to make a bet really no matter with what three and a quarter yeah exactly <laughs> a three and a quarter and I'll flip a coin uh, <laughs> so yeah I don't really have much of an opinion about the size of the total here I don't expect the market to get too funky either way so this will be another one I think it's a pretty good game I'll enjoy watching it but I most likely won't be involved from a uh, betting standpoint. Uh, last game up is the Monday Nighter, in Green Bay, another primetime game, this time heading to Philadelphia. Uh, I had Philadelphia minus 3.5 here in this one. What did you have?
0: Yeah, you're a lot closer than I was. I had Philly minus 1.5. My power rating is Philly minus 2. The Westgate opened Philly minus 3, minus 120. And the look I was Philadelphia minus 3. Pretty much three and a halfs across the board. I even see a few four popping, and I this is just a game where it's uh, the market's betting against Green Bay, and I think it has little, little to do with Philadelphia. They've they looked decent, serviceable. I think they look pretty good at home, but uh, Green Bay is a team that's <laughs> they just uh, I think McCarthy's pretty much out the door. The team's turning and pointing fingers. Defense just looked awful last week. I don't know how many plays they gave up over the top there in that secondary. But the safeties and cornerbacks there. They just didn't, uh, made it look easy for old Kirky. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it, uh no, I think this is pretty similar to the Denver Kansas City game to me. I, even though my, my power rating says here I should take, uh, Green Bay getting this many points, it's just kind of tough with the, the whole scenario and the more stuff I'm hearing out of the locker room and any reports I'm reading. It's just a you know, team I don't really want my money on right now. So it's either a, a bet against or pass, and I don't really want to be betting against them when they get you know, Philly laying this many points. So I uh, will be staying away.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a respectable effort last week by Philly, even though they lost by 11 there in Seattle. I thought uh, they kind of started off – uh maybe a little deer in the headlights ish and, and fell behind early, but I gave him a little bit of credit for coming back and uh Wentz looked a little shaky, but I, I still have faith that he's a pretty solid quarterback even though his numbers and just the eye tests kinda of dip here the last few weeks. But I mean look at Philly at home. Uh you can't really fault him for anything. They blew out the Browns week one, killed the Steelers by thirty when they were still looking a bit good. They started the Vikings slide and beat them fairly easily at home, and then they beat the Falcons fairly easily at home. So um, I don't know if I really want to step in front of Philly at home, that's for sure, based on everything we've seen from them. And I sure don't want to do with this Packers squad. I think they're, much like Cincinnati, uh, potentially packing her in and quitting her early this season. They're two, only two games out of the vision, so I don't say necessarily quite yet, but they're just, you know, the chemistry and everything you're hearing from the locker room just kind of seems off. And McCarthy seems uh, pretty disheartened and, you know, angry and kind of looking for answers. And, you know, everything we've heard about Rodgers is he's just not not too good from a chemistry standpoint or necessarily a leadership standpoint. He just seems kind of, a, you know, aloof. And and uh, a lot of the players, you know, I don't think are really reacting positively to, to him being their, their leader side. Obviously, they, they still have – Rogers getting more than a field goal off a primetime loss, pretty a pretty big loss. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel super confident. playing more than a field goal with Philly, but uh, that's for me the only way I could really look. I'd, I'd uh, have no interest really in taking the Packers until they either start start uh, on a little bit of a run and maybe you know prove it to me a little bit here and then give themselves a little bit of hope where they're gonna really be interested, but I kind of doubt that's going to happen. I see it much more likely going another way where they're going to uh, lose another one or two here and just kind of pack her in towards the end of the season. So,
0: No pun intended.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and then with Philly, uh, even though they're in last in the division, I still think that uh, at five and five, I thought at one point they were overvalued this year when they were three and oh and then three and you know one. But at this point in the season, I think if anything, they might be a little undervalued. I think they've had a pretty pretty tough schedule for the most part and uh, fared pretty well so I could see them coming out here and at, uh, at their home field pretty inspired after that uh, loss at Seattle so that's the way I look I don't know I don't think I can quite get there at three and a half but we'll see uh, and I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of public money on Green Bay after just watching them get blown out in primetime uh, it's hard to imagine that they'd come the public would come right back on Green Bay but And you never know, stranger things have happened. So if it does get back down to a three at any point, I'd absolutely be on Philadelphia. But a three and a half, uh, maybe. But I don't know if I quite want to take the plunge there.
0: I also want to, the more I look at this, I kind of don't know why I didn't say anything, but this total is kind of intriguing to me, too. Uh, I think I can can get a 47 right now. Uh, It's even anywhere from 47, 47 and a half, 48. There's 148 I'm seeing, or a few 48, so. I kind of like, uh, if you get a 47 or even 47 and a half, I kind of like the over. This is a, a team with, I think Philly plays significantly better at home, which you're kind of you know, talking about. And I think they come back and you know kind of kind of look pretty good here, especially with this Green Bay defense. It seems like they're kind of just quitting type of thing. And, and with the offense, you can kind of say that too, but I think they, even last week, they still moved the ball and, and everything, and they didn't really look like they were giving up to me. It's kind of more like, we can kind of go do our own thing, but the defense is kind of just, uh, scrambled around and didn't, you know, like I said, a lot of plays over the top. So I, I think I'd like the over here, but, uh, you know, it is a decent amount of points here for this Philly team. that hasn't had a whole lot of, uh, you know, over games, but I think, uh, I might take a good look at the over here. in, in the
1: uh, last, later in, the week. in the last four weeks, the Packers are owned 4 and the fewest amount of points they scored is 24. So yeah, that's so- all you need to know right there. They've, the last four weeks, they put up 66 points, 72 points, 57 points, and 65 points, all in losses, and three of them were on the road. So uh, that's about as good of an over profile as you can possibly look at. I think Philly's a little bit of an under team, but a lot of their pace and um, totals have seemed to end up right around average or slightly, slightly depressed. So I think uh, that the Green Bay trend there is plenty to overcome the Eagles slight underness, if that's a word, at a pretty reasonable total of 47, 48, somewhere in there. That's not uh, too high.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, like you, if you like Philadelphia too, instead of laying the points more than a field goal, I think if, to me, this is a correlated game where if Philadelphia wins this game by that margin or around them or even a three, if they win the game, I guess at all, I think it's going to be going over the total because it's going to, they're going to have their offense producing a little bit. So to me, I think if you like Philly, I'd almost rather just take the over instead of taking you know, Philly laying that many points.
1: Yeah, I could potentially see him winning a game like 24-20 or something like that, but I wouldn't totally disagree with you. I'd say almost, to me, it's almost the other way around. I think if Green Bay covers this game, it's almost going to go over. But, um, you know, either way, um, I guess we'll uh, have to see how that one plays out. Either way, I think we both agree that uh, the over we have a slight lean to the over and might potentially get there by the end of the week. So anyway, that uh, concludes the week 12, every game on the board here. So let's uh, head over and do a little concept corner here. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right, Rob, so you want to uh, take over and lead us off in this concept corner?
0: Yeah, sure. I'll make it pretty quick here um i just want to say a lot of people just I, I do a lot of reading the markets all week i'm you know, lo- looking at my screen watching money come in different steam moves reverse line moves stuff like that that see the where the games are going and where the numbers are moving and it's you know pretty intriguing kind of like a stock market but i think it's a little more intriguing that because it's actually uh you know you're gonna be watching games and stuff like that on on the sunday or thursday or whatever whatever day it is but i think uh a lot of misconception is people like to hop on like you know steam moves and stuff so for example you have a you know, a respected betting group or person, you know, sharp better that releases something or, or puts money in, they see the market moving, and then a lot of people, it seems like now more than even a couple of years ago, are tend to hop on that. You know, think, oh, they know something I don't know, so they quickly tail that move. And you know, say, say for example, you have uh, well, just this last game we were talking about, the Green Bay Philadelphia, say forty-seven, forty-seven and a half. You know, that gets steamed up, and every book moves to forty-eight or forty-eight and a half. I'm not. I'm not saying that's going to happen or will happen, but just for the sake of this conversation or for the sake of the podcast and. It, you know then you go and say oh there's some someone must know something i don't know so i'm going to go hop on this number at you know 48 and a half let's say and it's like well <laughs> the bet at 47 or 47 and a half is an entirely different bet at 48 and a half and if, if if anything you can almost fade that and, and and try to take the under there getting that you know 48 is a pretty decent or decently key number and especially if it goes up higher than that cuz you know what they're betting is it's a number it's not just the team or the side or the total so that's i think something to really keep in mind that it's Just kind of people just tail that steam and it's you know just chasing what they have. So it's uh, not uh, definitely not a, I don't think a long-term profitable uh, betting strategy by any means by just you know just tailing somebody at a worse number like that. So that's something to keep in
1: mind. Yeah, and today's day of the ease of transfer of information with Twitter and uh, you know reporters and insiders getting scoops and everything, like there's not a whole lot of uh, you know beat writers around all the locker rooms constantly. There's not a whole lot of room for this information that's not known to anybody except for some random group of betters that know something you don't. So as long as you're keeping up on your information and you have your different avenues open uh, to be an informed better, very rarely should you look at a line move and be like, oh, wow, I, there must be something I don't. And and if you do see a steam move in a certain direction where the number moves a couple points, the uh, I'd say if you're going to rank them in terms of, what would be the most profitable would be uh, a getting the number before the line moves is obviously it's hard to predict, but that'd be the most profitable bet. And then the second one would be fading the line move. And then the third would be chasing the steam and, and back in the line after, or back in that team or side after it moves. So I think that would be the order in what you want to do them, but don't fall into the trap of, Oh, they must know more than I do. So I'm going to take a worse number here and whatever they knew is going to offset that line move. Cause in the long run, you're uh, you're gonna get smoke doing that, so that's just not a not a profitable strategy. Instead, try to work harder beforehand and see if you can get to the numbers before the line moves. Because I know that's something uh, both of us have gotten a lot better at over the last couple of years is getting a good grip of where the market's gonna do and uh, also how good the teams are. And then you see certain numbers right away where you're like, these are just off. And we've talked about them throughout the year here on the podcast and. You scoop them up, and by the end of the week, you're sitting on a ticket that's just non-existent anymore, and you have a couple extra points, and that's a much more profitable way to do it than wait for somebody else to show you which way the line's going to move and then jump on board because that's just not going to work out in the long run. So there you go on that, and now let's wrap up the podcast with our uh, Week 12 AS Pick of the Weeks. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last uh, week we both got home there with uh, – you had you said, the Oakland Houston over and then I had the Chicago Bears so those are both winners that brings me up to 5-3 and 1 on the season and you to 5 and 4 so we're both back on the winning side of things which is uh, nice and I still believe I maintain the T-box
0: yeah step up uh, honor is yours
1: so um I think here I want to, uh, of the, the bets I put in so far that I've that I thought jumped out the most to me, uh, two of them are, are, uh, teams getting a you know, seven, seven and a half in that range. And I, I like those, but I also don't feel overly confident. And the other one is Houston, which I obviously like a bunch, but just, there's enough of a unknown there with how the Mexico city uh, trips going to affect them. So I don't know if I'm totally ready to jump on that either, but, uh, I know one unknown that I feel pretty confident going against, and that's something I already mentioned with the old uh, Square Bear teaser there, betting against Scott Tolzien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can't t- cash a turkey day ticket betting against Tolzien, I don't know what to tell you. So I think we're going to uh take the Steelers, I'd say what, eight and a half, I'd say is uh the, the consensus number if you had to average those out and w- widely available. So yeah. tease it down to two and a half, and then uh, let's just keep it all on Turkey Day there and tease the old Vikes up to eight and a half. So <laughs> a little Minnesota Vikings plus eight and a half to the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half, and uh, give you a little something to watch there from Thursday morning to Thanksgiving night, and uh, hopefully have a little extra turkey, both uh, <laughs> metaphorically and physically. What, uh, where are you looking this week?
0: Yeah, I thought for sure you're going to go my game. Um, the one I wanted the most, but I'm looking here and, and a couple unders that I have, or I have about two or three that I like, I, I'll pretty much already moved, uh, from the numbers. So I don't really want to hop in on any of those. The, obviously the two sides I have with San Diego, I don't want to be laying you know, one or two now when I you know, got them at pretty much plus one before and, uh, in Tennessee, obviously at two or one and a half, where I got it, I don't want to be laying five and a half. Now I'm seeing it some places, just pretty ridiculous. So I think it makes it pretty easy. I'm going to be going. Uh, I'm also going to be going on Turkey Day uh, on the other game. I'll be taking Washington plus a seven.
1: All right, so we didn't we didn't try that, or it's not some crazy marketing strategy, but uh, that's make all all three games there on Thanksgiving interesting to watch. If uh, feel like tailing our plays, which have just barely been shown to be profitable as a whole, but, uh, you know, profit's profit, so hopefully we can keep her going on this Thanksgiving and then uh, be coasting, at least from a pick-of-the-week standpoint, into, into next week after Thursday. So any uh, final thoughts there, Rob? Or?
0: Yeah, it's just the play's been pretty frustrating. I think uh, we both came out to a pretty good start. I was up at two, what, three four weeks ago. I was up about six, seven units, and the last couple of weeks it's just been uh, – not good. It's uh, kind of frustrating, but still beating numbers, still getting good value. So I'm hoping it will turn here. But uh, even baseball season, we've seen that before. We could be a, even this last season, i uh, betting it all season and getting constantly about front of the number and still just getting crushed. So hopefully it'll turn around here uh, sooner than later. But just keep grinding away.
1: Yep, that's all you can do. So we'll uh, can't wait to get out there uh, Thursday morning get uh, the football going early and often there, and uh, have another uh, fun weekend and hopefully a profitable one. So best of luck to you there in Week 12. Best to all the listeners out there. And uh, we'll be back next week to to go on over it and see what we can do for the week after.
0: Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com. For all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.